It just takes some time, little girl. You're in the middle of the ride. Everything will be something, something, Jimmy Eat World. Everything will be all right, all right. It doesn't feel that way because Chris Jones, what in the hell's going on? I don't know. Uh, Yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. It sounds like the sky is falling. Uh, We're all questioning the meaning of life. Chris Jones has stirred the pot in a big way. But before we get into all that, I'm sitting across from my good friend, Sterling Holmes. How are you on this dramatic Tuesday? You me, this is not the sweetness. It is pain. Sterling is skipping, uh, repeating words again, which, you know, may, it may save us from like... Uh, I am so mad. I am absolutely furious. I am angry. <laughs> I am, I am, I have never been so mad in my entire life. I've spent so much money and time on this freaking microphone situation, and yet none of it works. And it's my it's my laptop. I don't want to have this. I'm more mad at Chris Jones than I am at my computer right now, which is saying a lot because I'm furious at my computer right now. Okay, I'm livid. I will say, as a child of the '80s, I don't know if you know, but there was a character named Max Headroom who was like on commercials and he was like a, a video commercial guy. And he would be like, hello, hello, hello. Like you were Max Headroom there for a little bit. I'm not sure if uh, maybe Richard could pull up a Max Headroom graphic or something. But uh, anyway, let's get into Chiefs. Let's dive in. We're talking um, Chris Jones holdout and all. But before we do, maybe whether Chris Jones plays or not may factor into your wagers. And if it factors into your wagers and if you guys like to bet, Make sure you play some bets this NFL season with us. We have the perfect one-stop shop for all of your sports betting needs. Check out arrowheadaddict.com forward slash bets for a variety of sportsbook promos you can use to maximize your winnings. Each time you sign up for one of our promotions, you are directly supporting the podcast. These promotions are constantly changing. So if you aren't sold on a promotion now, come back next week and we might have new offers for you. Head over to arrowheadaddict.com forward slash bets by scanning the QR code on screen. Clicking the link in the description or by typing it in. That's arrowheadaddict.com forward slash bets. Check the episode description for more information. Okay, folks, some of you even in the comments have said like, hey, what's going on with Chris Jones? What I, I missed it. Let's bring everyone up to date with what's happening. All right. Um, it, it's important to note here, first of all, that the team communicates to Chris Jones and his representatives, obviously behind the scenes. But every day we get reporters asking Chiefs coaches and players questions, and they can give you know some sort of media bite, sound bite that they want through quotes in the media, talking about you know whatever they want to say about Jones. Jones' only real recourse, unless he grants a, a random interview to someone, which he has not, is only through Twitter. That's how he has chosen to say anything from his side. So today, today on Twitter, Jones was asked about like when he may, like when he may return and he tweets out week eight, he like a very straightforward, like no more like mystery trolling, no more anything else. It just says week eight. And suddenly Chiefs Kingdom got a very clear glimpse of, uh oh, holy shit, this may be a real thing and it may have a real, a real deadline here. Then it's followed up. Someone else tweets at Chris Jones and says, that's a hefty fine or a hefty tab. And then Chris Jones tweets out, quote, I can afford it. So at this point, you have Jones saying, yeah, it's going to be week eight, maybe before I show up and I can afford to do it. I've calculated that cost. 
Now, today, on the other side, just to catch everyone up again, Steve Spagnolo asked about Chris Jones, says, um, sometimes it takes you the first quarter of a season to figure out who you are and what you have. Now, along the way, you hope you're winning games, but it might take us a while to figure all that out. And he says, I don't think Chris is any different than any other player that misses entire camp and has to play. It's tough. You certainly can't expect that particular person, as Chris is as good as Chris is, to play every down. And then you worry about injuries and whether the body is ready. Now, Chris always keeps himself in good shape, but football shape is different. So hopefully we can get him back. And then when that happens, we'll just figure out how to go about it. So again, you have Chris already gone for a long time threatening to maybe be gone almost to the bye week. And then at this point, Spagnolo adds, after that, we're worried about snap counts and injuries and general readiness. And I want to go to you, Sterling, because I've been talking for forever, but just go, when you read that, heard about that, saw that, whatever, what's going through your head? Confusion, bewilderment. I I don't get what Chris Jones is doing right now besides making the fan base irritated i understand that he's trying to play a game and he thinks it's funny and all this stuff it's not funny to the fans like i understand it's millionaires and billionaires right i'm not disagreeing i'm not saying chris jones does not deserve to get paid but when you go about it this way it's very hard to find sympathy when allegedly reports he's going to get 25 plus million per year and you want more than that it's going to be tough to find someone who makes less than 100k a year sitting here going you know what yeah, it's okay. He can hold it all he wants. Like, it doesn't make sense to, to the average fan. It just doesn't. I understand millionaires and billionaires, but when you go about it like this and you're wanting more money, I understand that. And then you say, I have enough money to sit out until week eight, lose 10 million. Okay, sure, man. Money's the real issue if you can just burn 10 million. I mean, if I were a teammate, I'd be furious right now. You thought there was something here. You're trying to build a dynasty. And I get it, man. He's worth it. He's worth the money. But at some point, at some point, you got to see the bigger picture here. Mahomes saw the bigger picture. Travis Kelsey sees the the bigger picture. Chris Jones, can you see the bigger picture? And, And you have to understand, there's leverage on both sides. He understands his defense is built around him. It is. He is the focal point. He is the pendulum that swings his defense from a top 10 defense to a bottom 10 defense. He understands that. He wants his value. I get that. But the leverage that he has is not as great as he might think. The Chiefs, well, he's under contract. Not only that, the Chiefs could play hardball and say, guess what? Franchise tag. I I just don't understand this Twitter confusion that's going on, how he wants to almost pit the fans. I think he's trying to pit fans against the Chiefs, but it's not working. Yeah, let's let's walk out some of this because you mentioned a $10 million price tag and I think this is worth like going over, right? Like 10 million people might say, "Wait, wait, wait, he's been fined 10 million. What does that mean?" Today is the 33rd day of Chris Jones being fined $50,000 per day. You cannot waive this fee. The, the amount per day, 50000 a day goes to an NFLPA charity of the of whoever's choice that is, whatever that is. I mean, that's a, that's a salary per day for someone times 33. And then he's already missed mandatory minicamp, which comes with a special fine of its own. If you carry that all the way out through the rest of the preseason, and then Jones says he's willing to miss game checks. Game checks for Chris Jones comes out to around $1.1 million dollars per game so if that's the case yes if jones doesn't come back until week eight 
he's looking at around $10 million in fines, which is about half of his salary overall. If if you're willing to burn $10 million, you're not only a couple million dollars apart from the person you're negotiating with, right? Like, like you just don't do that. So I guess I'm wondering, what do you make then of like, how deep is this chasm? Does Chris really want more than we ever even realized? Or are the Chiefs offering less than what we've ever even heard? Oh, we will never know. I mean, quite frankly, we just won't know. Um, if the Chiefs were offering something crazy low, though, you think that we might get it leaked by now. We might have heard something. Uh, but also from the Chiefs' perspective, if they were offering 28 or 29, we'd probably have some really reputable sources saying, hey, reports have said that the Chiefs have offered 28, 29 million per year. Quinn and Williams, as we've discussed multiple times, the gap between Quinn and Williams and Aaron Donald was so large. It's the Grand Canyon between them. It's a huge difference. You know, the Chiefs are probably thrilled when that happened. And then Chris Jones said, not so fast. I know I said second highest interior defense alignment. I get all that. But I want to be close to Aaron Donald, not close to Quinn and Williams. I also don't understand from Chris Jones' perspective. He's 29. He will be 30 next year. You're coming off of a top three DPOY. This is the highest your value is ever going to be. I don't understand the holding out leverage that is just going to hurt him in the long run. The Chiefs aren't going to see him holding out for eight games and say, you know what? You're right. Now you're older. You you, you didn't play. You, you sure have showed us. Like, I, I don't see how that behooves Chris Jones to do so. So, um, again, I, I feel like he's going to be there week one. I, I, I don't see the reasoning, the logic behind him sitting out. Yeah, let's talk about this for a second. What, like, how seriously are you taking this whole thing? Because when I look at it, when I look at it, I just think this, to say week eight costs Chris Jones nothing right now. I mean, he can he can say it and then walk it all back. Because look, here's the thing: money talks, folks. I mean, money talks. So Justin, like, things got real sour with Justin Houston. I don't know if you remember that or not, but it mm-hmm. was it was real sour. In fact, I'll say that it was way more sour than this right here. Things were real sour at that point. So we've been down the, we've even been down this road before with a holding out Chris Jones. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's not like these are places we haven't been, even with this coaching staff and some of the front office administration. It's easy for Jones just to tweet week eight while he's on the toilet or something and then put the phone down and not worry about it. And, you know, it causes this big frenzy, whatever. He's flexing what leverage he might have. But I don't know that I believe it. I don't know that he's not there week one for me because the game checks are just so large. Would you agree with that? Or do you think, I mean, I guess I wonder how how worried you are by, is the bark and the bite going to match up? I don't think, he, if the question is week eight, no. I, I I just can't see that. I know he says he has the money and I get all that stuff. I, I you know, pump in your chest. Oh, I have the money to just burn 10 million. I get that. You're not missing those game checks. Maybe it's because this is me and I'm a frugal man. Like I, I, but I also would have done a hold in. I'm not missing 50K a day. That's absurd to me. And maybe the hold in goes exactly the way it did with Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. Maybe it almost makes a larger rift. That is obviously a possibility. But if, if you're Chris Jones, if the rift gets too big, again, the Chiefs could just say, fine, Chris, you're under contract and we'll franchise tag. You have fun when you're 31 hitting the free agent market after not playing it. Like, 
at, at some point it does suck, but that's the that's the deal that was granted by the players union. That that was what the players union received. That was what they got out of this. This is the deal. So if Chris Jones is that mad about it, be mad at the players union. This is what was argued. This was what was given. This is what was agreed upon. It's tough. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. That's a great point. Let's go to some reader comments here just to get a sampling of kind of what some of Chiefs Kingdom is is talking about. Um, Angry Drunken German says, if Jones signs a deal in two weeks, no one's going to care. We'll win a Super Bowl and Jones got paid. I, I That's true. That's a true statement that if a deal happens, these memories tend to go away. Thim Salib, TM uh says, Kels is a better player than Jones and takes less money than Jones wants. Come on, Chris, enough is enough. If you're rich, um, let's get more rings. Uh, Demetrio Spence says, I love Chris Jones, but he is a drama guy. Barbecue Vibe says, I was on Chris Jones' side in all this until now. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, it, it kind of goes on and on where a lot of people are just really almost kind of see this as a turning point, like where maybe before you could understand, but now not so much. I, I think it's social media. Like, I, I think he was fine. We understand his viewpoint. We get where he's coming from. We get where the Chiefs are coming from. This is all politics. It's politics. The Chiefs say, we'll make you the second highest paid interior defense lineman. They're not lying. Chris Jones says, I want to be a Chief for life. He's not lying. He wants to be a Chief for life at a certain price. Yeah. Okay. So this is all politics. And what's going on right now is Chris Jones is losing the the the, the marketing right now. He lost it. He lost the plot. You can't do this on social media. You can't do this with fans. You just can't. I said at the beginning, and I'll say it again. It is millionaires versus billionaires, not disagreeing. But at some point you just see money and it's so so astronomical. At some point saying $27 million per year, you're sitting here going, that's a lot of money. I would take that asking and holding out for an extra couple million per year. You're sitting here saying, I mean, come on. At what point do you put the rings above this? At what point do you put the team above this? And there's two viewpoints of Mahomes and Travis Kelsey taking a team friendly deal if you want to call it that right i mean it's tough to say team friendly we're getting paid half a b i understand that but i think we all agree pretty team friendly for kansas city you can say hey chris those two guys have done it why don't you and the other viewpoint is travis and travis and uh, mahomes saying we took those discounts why aren't you spending that extra money to keep chris jones i don't know which way they're they're viewing this right now but it's hard to believe this wouldn't cause at least some sort of rift between the organization and the players. Yeah. Uh, Sterling, I want to set up a scenario for you because I think I think there's one important angle here that we have to talk about on Chris Jones' side, which is part of his leverage, right? So let me know what you think of this. If I'm Chris Jones right now, I'm looking at the Chiefs. Uh, let, me, let me put it this way. If I'm Chris Jones' representatives, I'm looking at the Chiefs right now and I'm maybe licking my chops because I'm looking at that defensive line. Turk Wharton can't stay healthy. Then behind those guys... You're pra- you're you're praising Dan like Danny Shelton is like maybe the next talented guy in the room after those two or something. You know, we got Keandre Coburn is a rookie. Derek Naughty, we'll talk about him later, but I think he's a sleeper to actually not even make the team. You got Matt Dickerson, Phil Hoskins, a bunch of rando names that no one is even gonna really guess are on the team. Now, who's the most important defender other than Chris Jones on this team? I would say Legereus Sneed. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and he's injured. Legereus <laughs> Sneed has been ha, Legereus Sneed hasn't practiced in a month. 
he had a sw- he dealing with a swollen knee that was a problem in June and was a problem in January. In other words, now if I'm Chris Jones's reps, I'm looking at this team going, you're going to suck without your best defender up front, but your second best defender is also out. You got other guys who were also missing in action. I know you got a deep secondary, but you're ailing a little bit there. You got a few guys who are out hurting, whatever. Luckily you have, the best linebacking core that you've ever had in five years here. However, are you really wanting to ride that horse into the season or can we play some hardball here? I wonder if I'm just setting up a scenario and then I want you to weigh in on this. Is it possible that Chris Jones's agents were telling him, Hey, do it, flex it, flex it all the way, flex it all the way and say, you won't be there until week eight because without Sneed and without you and a whole collapsing line on the interior, the Chiefs may just pony up the other millions that we want. It's possible. Or the Chiefs say, all right, we'll just win games 35-33 again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I get it. I just wonder if that's gotten in the picture. I think it's possible, man. It's just such a hard situation. Um, uh, Right here from – sorry, there's a lot of comments coming in, so I want to go back to the one – uh, from angry, drunken German, Veach doesn't want to pay after getting all those team-friendly deals. And I think that's a good point is at some point, how much of this is on Veach? If we're going to try and play both sides of the argument here, because we, we do love Chris Jones, right? He's been on the podcast before. Obviously, he was top three defensive player of the year last year, right? We want him to be a chief, okay? We want him to be a Kansas City chief. That that much is known. But But my question is, we've talked about the Chris Jones side of things. How much of this is on Brett Veach for continuously trying to I don't want to say maybe low ball, but try and convince players to take a team friendly deal. Cause there's, there's no denying Chris Jones. If he went to a different team would get paid more. If yeah. he went to, let's just say the Houston Texans, he could probably get paid the highest of any defense alignment in the NFL, but that's also the Houston Texans. You know what I'm saying? So how much of this is on Brett Veach for continuously trying to have players take Tim team friendly deals? Yeah, I no, I, that's a great question, right? Look, every other team allows the top free agents to set the top of the market. That's what they do. Look, let's set up a let's set up a fake scenario here. The Chicago the Chicago Bears need help along the defensive line. The Chicago Bears know Chris Jones well because Ryan Poles is the GM. The Chicago Bears have thirty two million dollars right now in terms of uh, you know cap space available to them. So the need, all that is there. They would also have the desirable assets for the Chiefs. In return, if the Chiefs traded Jones, which they're not going to do before this season, they would do they would they would tag and trade like they did D Ford, by the way. If that were to happen and a team like the Bears got him, the Bears are going to pay him more than Aaron Donald. That 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 I don't think any team makes an exception like the like the Chiefs do here. Do you think the Chiefs are 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 they taking advantage of Mahomes? I don't know if they're taking advantage of Mahomes, but a lot of things can't be solved by having Patrick Mahomes. It will always help the team's case when you have a franchise quarterback. The issue is you don't want happened with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers to happen to this team. And you also don't necessarily to happen with Drew Brees and the Saints to happen where you end up looking back and saying, we should have had more rings. We should have gave a better team around him. We should have done this, could have done that. You never want the what ifs. The issue is Mahomes is, it's like that flex seal, you know, those commercials where they, they have like that boat, you know, and they're like, we filled this boat with flex seal. Look, no water gets in. That, that's Mahomes. He fixes everything. Okay. I don't know if that stuff actually works or not. So don't take this as an actual, like it looks advisor. amazing though. It looks it? amazing. It looks pretty, pretty damn cool. But I'm, I'm sitting, it's impressive, but that's Mahomes, right? He fixes everything, but to a certain extent, to a certain extent, he can take you so far. He can take you to the AFC championship game, but can you win a Super Bowl? 
without an offensive line? Can you win a Super Bowl with a bottom five defense, a bottom 10 defense? I don't know. Chris Jones is the, again, the pendulum on the defensive side of the ball where everything is built around him. For those people who are saying, ah, forget, you know, I hate this guy, forget it. Don't give him what he wants, trade him. Let's win without him. Let's not forget that all NFL players voted on the top 100 in the game. Chris Jones was the number seven player in the NFL. So if you if you trade Chris Jones, you're not getting Chris Jones in return. You're not. If you let him go and you want to sign a free agent and, and teach him a lesson, you're not replacing him. There's no getting around the fact that this team is going to miss Chris Jones until Chris Jones is there. And I don't want to make light of, oh, yeah, we got Mahomes. It's easy to replace. I mean, the Chiefs will always be contenders, but Chris Jones's presence is a major, major factor of why the Chiefs have won as much as they have over these last five years. So Jones does, re- like, despite what he said or any of this posturing, Jones is definitely deserving of respect, deserving of the big payday. It's just mm-hmm. a shame that middle ground can't be reached, or it's a shame that feels like they got to play this out in the public sphere like this. And again, I think Chris Jones's big mistake was going to social media. Yeah. I, I truthfully would not care. Like I get where he's coming from. I understand his viewpoint. I get that your shelf life in the NFL is so limited. You want to make as much money as possible. I'll also point out, you see Mahomes, you see Travis Kelsey, you see him on TV. You see what they do off the field. You see them with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson in a golf tournament. When was the last time you saw Chris Jones do something like that? Quarterbacks, are more marketable. Yeah. Travis Kelsey has this larger-than-life personality. It was Travis Kelsey who hosted SNL. It wasn't Chris Jones. They're making so much money off the field as well. Chris Jones, from what I can tell, this is his money. This is what he's doing. Travis Kelsey is going to have a podcast with his brother. He, he'll find other things to do post. Quarterbacks like Mahomes, when you're that much in the, in the limelight, you'll do something post to make extra money. A lot of defensive players don't have that opportunity, and I do think that's something that is going a little bit under the radar here. Without Chris Jones, like, first of all, let me ask you this. Do you think Chris Jones, is even if he shows up today, is Chris Jones playing week one? Yes. N- not, not, not a ton, probably. He's not going to get his normal, his normal snap count, normal low, but I, I bet he plays week one. And by the way, the Chiefs need him to. Like, yeah. from, from, a, from a strictly football perspective here, the Detroit Lions, believe it or not, were top five offensively in a lot of major categories. Yards, points, DVOA, if you want to get into a little analytical side of things. Offensively, they were very, very effective, which is funny to believe with a guy who bites kneecaps as a head coach and Jared Goff at quarterback. But they were effective, okay? They need Chris Jones. This is not a rollover game. Yeah, I, I'm just looking at this thinking, look, Hughes out with a suspension. Wharton just returned to practice today, but he he practiced before and then was taken away. Let me ask, how worried are you about the defensive line? But but before I get to that, I, I just saw a really good qu- quote, a really good message that I want to see, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Joey Mahomes says, not paying Chris will be a bad deal for the locker room. A lot of, well, if they don't pay him, what makes me think they'll pay me? I think it's a really good point, okay? I think it's a really good point, but... The difference is you probably won't get paid. And I think a lot of these players know it. Quite frankly, if you're a cornerback in Kansas City, when was the last corner they've played? They paid. At, at some point, the Chiefs are going to probably adopt the New England Patriots method. Whether that's right or wrong on how you want to build a team or treat players, this, that, and the other, the banners, the rings, those things don't lie. What was the Patriots method? 
Yeah. You have Brady, you have Bill Belichick, and you have a rotating cast. Right. You go in eras. Well, the Chiefs did that. They have Mahomes, and eventually they will go through eras. The era of Tyreek Hill has already come and gone. Now, Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones are still here, but eventually Travis Kelsey is going to retire before Mahomes, you would have to assume. Chris Jones is probably going to retire before or get traded before Mahomes retire or is done. You're going to have to assume. You're going to have to go through eras. This is part of the NFL process when you are a perpetually winning team. How many guys can you afford to pay top dollar to? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Chiefs are going to look like the Chiefs finances are going to be a, a handful of guys or less making top dollar, a bunch of guys making minimum or just above the minimum on short term deals. And then you're going to have a couple veterans playing on the cheap to be able to play with Mahomes while he's still like chasing rings. And that's what that's what the Chiefs are going to look like for years. In this instance, though, you got to go, does Chris Jones belong in that tier of the guys they're going to pay? If I'm looking at the fact that you're paying Joe Tooney more money than Chris Jones annually, I'm going to say, yeah, you better make Chris Jones one of those guys. If Chris is not being agreeable enough, if he's pushing too hard, you know, then that's the fault of his representation or, or at some level, the ego of winning all these games over time has gotten too much um, in some way. But um, yeah, you know, to me, to me, you pay him to me, you pay him and you keep him and you lock him up. And, and I, I know you don't disagree with that. Yeah. Again, if it were me, I would go, th- I would honestly, I'm just saying, honestly, I would go 30 million, 30 million a year. Yep. Okay? Yeah. I would go 30 million a year. I would do it over three years. And I would say, take it or leave it. Uh, I think that fourth year and potentially even a fifth year could be the major holdup here. Again, we will not know. Sorry, as much as I would love to, as much as we, uh, I was at training camp. Sorry, I didn't get a chance to ask Andy, hey, what are the contract details of Chris Jones? We, we're we not privy to that information. We will not probably ever know that full information on what he was ever given year-wise versus AAV versus guaranteed. That's always stuff that comes out only if they want to release said information. But I think the years are probably a larger holdup than people are making a deal of. We keep talking about AAV and 26 and 27 and 28 versus 30. But in your mind, how much of it is it probably years three versus four versus potentially five? I think so. I mean, even if you offered a four or five, even if it's a four or five year deal, you've got to have a good hard out after three however you want to structure that. And if Chris wants that structured differently, I get that from the Chiefs. If you don't want to give a guy job security when he's 33 in a violent game, I get it. If you're, you know, and you're going, hey, look, we're going to pay you very handsomely here to stick around. At some point, Chris needs to look around and go, I've got it really good here. I've got it really good here. Um, And a ton of defenders would kill to be in his situation. I think this is a good one from Troy. The last part of his uh, his statement was very good here. He deserves a raise, but we live in the salary cap era, and everyone can't be highest paid or have the most guaranteed money. Good point. Yeah, he's he's totally right on that. He's totally right on that. I want to go back to something I mentioned earlier because I was talking about the posturing of Jones's agents, but we didn't like really break it down. Given Jones's absence. How worried are you then also about Sneed's absence? I, less so about Sneed than I am about Chris Jones. Again, Legereus Sneed is a very, very good piece. I'm a huge fan of Legereus Sneed and what he brings to the table. The Chiefs have shown a phenomenal job of getting cornerback production from almost anyone. 
I mean, he was a fourth rounder. He was part of these unheralded guys that turn into a very, very good player. Javarius Ward was an undrafted guy traded for Parker Anger that turned into a very, very good player. You know, you have Trent McDuffie, you have Joshua Williams, you have Jalen Watson. And I understand people have been a little, they've questioned if Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams are going to have that sophomore slump and some of the the, the quotes from Spagnuolo saying, you know, maybe there's some uh, rookie mistakes still being made. I get all that. I'm so comfortable in the secondary. There was so much depth there, even with the injury to Legereus Need. I love Legereus Need, and I hope that he comes back to Kansas City, and that's uh, probably a, a whole another segment for another day. But I'd be a little worried if there wasn't this wealth of depth already currently in the secondary. And what you've seen from Chamari Connor, limited sample size. I get it. I get it. It's preseason. But you're seeing some of the similar things from Chamari that you saw from Legereus Need, these uh, design blitzes. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I'm with you there. There's even some great guys who are coming back, like Nick Jones. Um, some of these guys who are currently injured that I would even be interested in seeing, uh, you know, make the secondary. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. The defensive line is the opposite of what you just said. You just said, this needs injury. He's great, but I really don't even worry about the secondary because it's loaded and young players play so well. Now I'm looking at the defensive line going, that feels like the opposite of what you just said to me, which is, I stay up all night worrying about the defensive line. <laughs> I can't even find a good player along the defensive interior. Well, me and Matt Connor guys actually call each other at four in the morning all the time saying, we wake up in a cold sweat and say, the defensive line, the state of the defensive line. I cry. I, last night I called Sterling. I was crying. I said, I had another dream. Sterling taught me, taught me out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just bad news. It's just bad news. The idea of going even a game, let alone like a whole half a season without Jones, makes that interior just, it makes it laughable to me. And not only that, if you can't restructure Chris Jones's deal, you can't even afford Carlos Dunlap, right? <laughs> so we're not even like, like not doing Jones keeps you from having two guys that you want up front. I mean, what do you like? Does that bother you? Like, what do you what do you make of of the state of things without Jones there? I'm petrified. I I, I have said that the two most important things in today's NFL is one, the quarterback by a wide margin, and then second, affecting the quarterback. That's pressure. That's pressure of the middle. Pressure if it's designed how you have, however you want to get pressure. Pressure is the second most important thing. And Chris Jones has that. Everyone else in the defensive line doesn't bring that top end talent that Chris Jones has. I love George Karloftis. The Chiefs needed to draft George Karloftis. I was a massive fan of that. I was screaming, get Karloftis, because you know why? You knew what he could do year one. You knew that he was going to come in. He wasn't going to be overwhelmed. You knew that he could still get some pressure, and he would still be able to develop because he was a younger guy. And by the way, still learning football. Like, that's a huge thing. Yeah. But you also knew, based on his, his size, his body type, the lack of bend, if you will, you probably knew to an extent what his ceiling was going to be. Okay. His ceiling's not going to be a Chris Jones. It's not going to realistically, and I could always be proven wrong, but he's probably not going to be a 16 sack a season type of guy. He seems to fall in that eight to 12, very, very useful type of player. Yeah. And I love Carl Loftus, but you got to have help when you have a, a guy like George Columbus. He's the guy that plays well with the Chris Joneses. He's the consistent motor that's next to Chris Jones. Who's going to be the guy that generates the pressures that Karlovitz now finishes up? Because I like FAU, but with that age and coming from a 3-3-5 type of system at K-State, 
there's going to be a learning curve for FAU. I mean, most rookies, Aiden Hutchinson wasn't great his his first few games. It took time, yeah. let alone a 31st pick overall. Yeah. So, like, FAU is going to take time. Charles and Minihu, everyone's excited for it. Look at the PFF analytics and the underlying numbers. He's out six games. Danny Shelton has been the biggest bright spot, and not just biggest because he's a, a planet, the biggest bright spot because, quite frankly, he's looked the best. Like, yes, Matt Connor, I'm worried. Yeah, I, I don't even know what to make of this. It, it, it's uh, it's Mike Dana, you know, as, as the most consistent. Yeah, I I think there's got to be a move to be made. What's Here's what's scary for me. The Chiefs might not know what they have until after the trade deadline along the defensive line. And I don't like that. I don't like the fact that, hey, if Omenihue is going to be suspended too long, if if Jones is going to sit out even some games and then need some time, if Turk Wharton is going to be in or out off and on, if Karloftis is still growing and 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 Udike Uzoma is going to be, you know, need half a season, it may be week 12 before the Chiefs are like, okay, we got a predictable front line, good or bad, predictable, right? And at that point, you're like, and we're riding with these horses because that's all we can do. I just hate that scenario. So I hate the suspension for a minute you. I hate Jones playing these stupid games on social media. I, if the Chiefs are being Chiefs gates, I hate that. <laughs> I like, like, And I hate the fact that Dunlap is handcuffed you know, to, to Jones in some way that, that we need some financial freedom there. This is so, the whole thing is so stupid when this line could be so much better. Yeah. Uh, I like this. Someone said, and remember Tyson Jackson or Glenn Dorsey, elite D lineman don't grow on trees. (laughs) Uh, I like this from angry, drunken German, man. I, I, and this is a really good point. Instead of realizing we got a steal with Chris Jones contract for three years, we're pissed. We only got to underpay him a little bit now. I think it's a good point. I will say the NFL and Major League Baseball have this pretty backwards, although Major League Baseball is starting to do this a little bit more now. Baseball used to be they would pay you for what you did. Like Miguel Cabrera had that massive contract, and it was not because they knew he was going to be crushing it at years 37, 38, 39, and 40, but because they're a little bit of a, hey, we're going to take care of you because you did really well. I mean, the Angels did that with Albert Pujols. To an extent, they know these guys aren't going to be great in their final couple of years, but they'll, they'll worry about that later. It's a little bit of, we're going to pay you for the name and we're going to pay you for what you've done. NFL has pretty much always been forward thinking of, hey, we're, we would prefer to get out a year early than a year late. Whether that's fair or not, that's the way it's been. If you're a player, you're not happy about that. But again, it's the, it's the life of a more physically tolling sport. I don't know which way to look at it. Again, I, I do think there's a point to be made that Chris Jones could be saying, hey, you got to bargain with me. I, I've given you great production, well under value. Make up for it a little bit. There could be a little of that going on. It, it could be. It's just maddening. I, you know, One way or another, I hope that there's some resolution. Even, even if Jones comes back and realizes he's going to get traded and just, wants to, and just wants to finish out the season you know, super strong in some way. Look, here's the other side of it. If Jones doesn't come back till week eight, he's burned bridges in Kansas City, right? Chiefs probably know he's out. What sort of season, like what sort of contract year is that for him? Like how, like what team is going to go, oh, based on the half season you played and the lazy ass you showed up with, yeah, I'd love to give you $35 million. What the f*** is that? What the f*** <laughs> is that? Like I'm just now realizing, I think in some way, like what, like, 
What are you doing threatening to show up halfway, take a shit on all your teammates, leave them out to dry with a decimated line, and then you're going to show up with a cape and leotards on? You're not. You're going to show up with sore hamstrings that are going to keep you out for the next like quarter season. We're going to be lucky if you're good when it's time to actually play the big game, but too bad we're going to be playing on the road in Buffalo instead of at home because you didn't get $31 million instead of $30 million. Brett Veach, if you're listening and you're not offering $30 million, f*** that too. Because, <laughs> by the way, he's the best defensive player by far on this team or and has been for the last five years. And, by the way, if you represent Chris Jones, get the f*** out of the room. <laughs> Leave the people who've been along here the whole time in the room. Get Patrick Mahomes in there too and get down to business looking at each other going, we have the opportunity to do something that everyone dreams of doing. Every little kid dreams of doing something, and you could actually do it. So stop tweeting. Stop sending contract offers that are like, how about 23.99999 or whatever Veach does. Though everyone is so immature here, it's crazy. Anyway. Holy sh- Oppenheimer. I'm sorry. I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know. I don't even know where I'm at right now on the sheet. Certainly, we got to read somewhere with the yeah. You, oh, Sterling dude, it, it's not a Verderant. That's a Matterant, baby. Oh, that's what we needed. That's what we needed. I don't even know what to say now. I'm, 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 I'm all. You said it all. There it is. Oh, it's stupid. This whole thing is stupid. When you can achieve so much, why would you? Yeah. Anyway, I've said it all. You know what? I'm so sick of this. You know what? We're going to talk happy stuff. The offensive line of Kansas City looks freaking amazing right now. Okay. Juwan Taylor, for all of the concerns I had for the amount of money that was given to a right tackle, I still have him to an extent, the amount of money. But you look at what he's doing right now. Holy bleep. He looks really good. He fits this offense to a T. Okay. He is a great scheme fit. The athleticism shines through. Mahomes has been hit one time. I think that was all it was was one time. I think Seth Kaiser found this out and it wasn't even like a legit one. It was like, he had to kind of make it happen because he was, he was like, I I don't want to be a homer, but they held for like five seconds before he got touched. So I guess we're going to count that like Donovan Smith looks good. Looks great. Here, you talk for a second because I want to pull up some some fun little statistics on Donovan Smith because, oh boy, am I, am I uh, getting more and more excited with Donovan Smith. Hey, I'm, I'm with you. I think this offense could be better than ever, um, even, with some of the, um, even with some of the uncertainties at wideout because this line is, look, give anyone more time to do whatever they do. Anyone at anything, give me more time to prep a meal that meal will be better. Give Mahomes more time to cook. It, it, it just it makes all the sense in the world with someone who has that kind of vision and that kind of awareness and those instincts. Mahomes is going to cook better than ever. Yeah. So yeah, it was it, brilliant. Brilliant, by the way, and, by Brett Veach to get these guys. And again, caveat: this is the preseason. I understand all this stuff. I'm not going to go ahead and say that that Mahomes is not getting touched a single time throughout 17 games and then three more games. Like I get that. Okay. I get it's a preseason, but let me have this. I'm excited, okay? (laughs) Donovan Smith, let me give you some numbers right here. Uh, PFF is a good jumping off point. It's not the end-all, be-all, but it's a good jumping off point, especially on offensive line. The reason being is we see all the highlights. We see a lot of the lowlights, but do you watch the offensive line every single play? Most likely, you do not. I try my best. I can't do it every single play. So that's what PFF is for. They do it with the offensive line. Here is Donovan Smith's PFF ranking starting in 2015, his rookie season until last year. 62.5. 
Now, let me tell you something. That's a man who was ascending. He did not just fall off in his age 28, 29 year. That does not happen. That is a man who was banged up, who was injured multiple times. And oh, yeah, on one of the worst offensive lines in football because of all of the injuries. Donovan Smith, that was the outlier year. That was worse than his rookie season, right? So that is the outlier, okay? He was a guy who was ascending. He's probably closer to that 83.3 than he is to that 50-something that I I threw up there as well. Donovan Smith is a bargain buy for Brett Veach and this Chiefs team, which, again, you can use some of that money to pay Chris Jones, but it's neither here nor there. The one thing I will say in regards to Donovan Smith, if I'm going to be transparent, okay? I'm going to be transparent with Donovan Smith. The penalties have always been part of his game. We kept bringing up the fact that he had 12 penalties last year. He had eight the year prior and 11 in 2020. That's double-digit penalties in two out of his past three seasons. He has double-digit penalties in four years in his career. The penalties are might or the penalties might be an issue for him. But talking with Seth Kaiser, what he said is Mahomes a lot of times rolls out to the right or rolls out through the through the uh, through the gaps through the B gaps on the on the uh, guards. So he goes, that's not always conducive for an offensive line at left tackle to hold. So something to keep in mind here as well, yes, that he was caught holding a lot last year. Even if Mahomes extends plays, if he's going the other way, it might actually help Donovan Smith out a little bit here. Yeah. Here's the other thing with Donovan that you got to remember. Last year, one of the injuries he chose to play through, he was given a chance not to play or he or he was asked or he was given a chance to play through it. And the, the coaching staff, Todd Bowles and them said, we left it up to him, like whether he was going to play or not. And he played through a shoulder injury. So you can imagine if you're playing through a shoulder injury, going against these guys, you're going to have to resort to holding because hell, you're playing through a f-ing shoulder injury, right? So you're, you're like, you're going to have to reach, you're going to have to, you're, you're doing everything you can playing through the pain to protect your quarterback who sucks because you were the Bucks last year and everything sucks. <laughs> You're trying to be the mast of a ship falling apart. And you're and so he gets called for holding. I just think everything from last year, I think you're right. I think everything last year from Donovan Smith was a total outlier. And if he's healthy, we can expect him to go back to what he was before, which was what we wanted Orlando Brown Jr. to be. An above average Iron Man left tackle. That's that's what we wanted. Except he's He's playing for peanuts compared to Orlando Brown Jr., or at least what Orlando Brown wanted, uh, without any of the drama. Unfortunately, we got new drama coming into town as we ship some out, but but that's another thing. So, yeah, I'm with you. Donovan Smith all the way. Love it. I, I love everyone commenting on your beanie right now. I just realized that. You have a winter hat on right now. It is 105 degrees outside my window. I am sweating right now. Look at my face. I am drenched. Look at my hair. It's getting flat. Look at this thing. It's literally flattening out during this show. It's like someone put a, a a pan on it, and yet you're over here. Looks like maybe a long sleeve even, and uh, and a beanie. I'm impressed. Your your uh, your name should be like humidity. That should be your <laughs> that should be your name on this sh- on this show. Uh, I'm in I'm in the basement. I'm in like a basement studio, so it's like nice and and chilly in here. Plus, it keeps my hair out of my face. Congrats on the on, on being part of the one percent. Maybe give some of that money to Chris Jones, okay? Oh, Selfish little guy. I know. I should represent Chris Jones. Chris, we would go big places together, my man. I only charge point oh oh one percent of whatever you make. That's what I would charge. You know what? Good point. 
hear me out. We try and get you to represent Chris Jones. You take much less of a percentage cut being his agent. That money saved right there is the difference. I'm in. I'm in. We solved the Chris Jones conundrum. Why didn't we start with this? I don't know. We'll do it. We'll do it for free. Well, not for free. free. I'll do it for a couple hundred bucks. (laughs) Hey, um, by the way, uh, if you're listening, hanging out with us, um, one, we always appreciate it. You guys are just the best fa- Chiefs fans are the best fans and you guys are the best of Chiefs fans. Um, if you're out there with Arrowhead Addict and and ever reading what we do, listening to what we do, um, hanging out, watching, uh, even if you're a member, but just want to let you know if you can hit like on this podcast, leave us a review. If you're listening somewhere, we always love, um, you know, reading what you guys have to say and uh, giving us a thumbs up or hitting that like button on these things. Subscribe to our channel um, if you want to. But by the way, we also have a merch store. Our merch store is live. Um, we have a promo code for you if you want to check out some AA swag. We got some onesies. We got some beach towels. We got some pint glasses. We got um, all kinds of stuff. Sterling, you need like an AA air conditioner or like a fan. Like a, like a you fan. Get on you on this, please. Like, like one of those like little handheld ones with the little mister on it, you know? That's yeah. what I need. Love it. Love it. Uh, use the code AA Kingdom to get 15% off your order today. And uh, use that fast because it'll expire by Sunday. So rep the podcast and save a bit of money while you're at it. We, we uh, really do appreciate it. Sterling, any other, uh, any other thoughts from uh, the Cardinals game? And I guess I'll, I'll offer one up wondering what you thought of this. I wanted to read a lot into the Cardinals game. And then after the game, I'm just thinking overall – Wait, I just watched the worst team in football with no depth take on, you know, maybe one of the deepest teams in football. It made it a little hard for me to give much credibility to really anything that happened on the field. The I mean, the Cardinals may be one of the worst teams I've ever seen in the last <laughs> two to five years. Am I wrong about that? What, like- Dude, they are two scoops of ass. <laughs> There are three scoops of ass, man. They are all the scoops of ass. Like, they're bad. They're still an NFL team, right? There are still guys who are fighting for a job in the NFL. Yeah. You know, Shane Bouchelle did and Blaine Gabbert did is very impressive. What Rasheed Rice did at bouncing back after a early drop was extremely impressive. And it made me enthusiastic. I love that Travis Kelsey came over on that drop on the field and just kind of patted him was like, hey, dude going to be okay like that's what a leader does yeah i loved seeing that from travis kelsey i love the seeing what they have in drew tranquil and uh chamari connor some of these design blitzes i I was a fan of that as far as hey this is a very versatile defense especially a you know the back seven very very versatile the offensive line again was a huge takeaway for me i understand that but but russell wilson was getting pancaked and not just Russell Wilson, who holds on the ball forever. Jarrett Stidham was as well. Mm-hmm. So either the, the Broncos offensive line is a tire fire or the Cardinals can actually get after the quarterback a little bit. Yeah. Either way, the quarterbacks for Kansas City weren't getting hit. And that, to me, was another huge takeaway. Love that. One more thing, and then we'll get into the must list here. But but I, I wanted to ask you, roster cuts are coming up next week. We're going to go from 90 to 53. That's a ton of free agents. It's a ton of – I feel for the personal side, by the way. That's a lot of uh, guys who are looking like, where do I move next? A lot of kids going into schools going like, what school system am I going to? It's, I mean, kind of, it's kind of crazy for a lot of families. But in the middle of that, there's usually a surprise. There's usually a surprise or two. If I were to ask if you had a surprise roster cut, would you have one? Or are 
or are all your projections pretty straightforward? Does generic Prince count as a surprise? I, th- Could I think be for I, some. I, I think generic Prince right now is starting to look on the outside looking in. At least I think you could probably practice squad him, and I don't think he gets picked up by another team. I mean, he went undrafted, obviously, and he's not showcased much in the preseason, if at all. Michael P. Ryan, to me, looks like the, the more well-rounded back. Uh, I saw Michael P. Ryan. I keep going back to him because it's true. He had such a great pass pro set. Um, and I was like, okay, pass pro is huge. That, that is huge for, for Andy Reid. That helps him out. Deneric Prince hasn't shown anything on the kick return side of things. Uh, at that point, you might as well just fair catch. I think Deneric Prince is probably a guy on the outside looking in. Uh, I think Amir Smith-Marset is making this as hard as physically possible in the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, uh, I don't quite think he makes the roster, but you heard Andy Reid for the first time really give credence to the six or seven wide receivers they're going to keep. Obviously, Amir Smith-Marset, at least on a lot of people's depth chart, slots in at number eight. But I wonder what happens with Kadarius Toney, what that injury looks like as far as how many games is he going to miss. If he is going to be placed on, let's just say, like the the four-game IR, right? Does Amir Smith-Marset make it for four games? Who knows? We will see. Either way, he'll be playing on some days, on Sundays somewhere. He will not make it to the practice squad. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the Chiefs keep five linebackers. I wonder if Cole Christensen or Jack Conkren have a better chance of making this team than people are, are giving credence to. And then Matt Bushman, I think, might be a little surprised. I think Matt Bushman has a chance of making this team. So that's kind of my uh, roster cut update for me what about you yeah i like that i like um by the way with smith marset the interesting thing there for a guy to go on ir and be able to return he has to start the year on the active roster so that means the chiefs have to keep tony on the roster past the deadline and then place him on ir which means you'd have to carry eight wide receivers into that day and then I mean, because I'm assuming you're keeping Justin Watson in there. I'm assuming yeah. you're keeping Justin Ross in there. And at that point, uh, Smith Marset is number eight, um, unless you've got like a crazy surprise for me there. So I think he's going to have to go on waivers, even if the Chiefs are like biting their fingernails the whole time. I think you're right. He's earned a big league spot for sure. Um, and uh, I like his return game too. I. I'd hate to see him go. I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him stay. I'll say this. If I had a surprise cut, and I mentioned this earlier, I think there's a chance Derek Naughty might not make this team. Might not make this team. Think about this. The team just a couple days ago trotted out Danny Shelton at like like two reporters, right? The the Chiefs normally make available to re- players to reporters if they're stars, if they're like effective starters, or if they're like top tier rookies, like, I mean, guys who are generally going to make like, there's a reason we haven't seen Phil Hoskins answering questions in training camp because he's probably not going to make the team. So the fact that Danny Shelton was trying out there was actually kind of a give in a way that they think highly of him enough. Not only that, but Shelton has showed out for the last two days or two games looking good. How many one-dimensional defensive linemen can you have? You know Shelton's making it. You know Coburn's making it. Do you want three nose tackles? Is that what you do? Turk Wharton plays three-tech, which is where Jones is going to slot in at. Jones, holdout or not, has to be on the active roster there too. So you've already got – I mean, are you going to have five guys and they're all one-dimensional? Are you really doing that? Derek Naughty has lost snaps for five consecutive years. He's not making a ton of money this year. I'm not saying he's going to get cut. I'm just saying there's. I think there's a lot of people who wouldn't think of him, and I think there's actually a case to be made that he could surprise. 
How excited do you think Danny Shelton was when he got asked to speak for the media? Do you think he just had a huge relief of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this means I'm in. This means I made it. Because that is a huge step, in my opinion, for players who are on the roster bubble. If they're getting asked to speak, that has to be a relief. Yeah, you don't see Kendall Blanton answering answering questions. You, you know, you don't see you don't even see P Ryan answering questions for that mm-hmm. matter. So uh yeah, you know, I I don't want to read too much into it, but I'm reading much into it. I, I want to get to one last comment here before we uh, we switch gears. But Brian Parrott, this is a great, great, great comment. Some cuts are going to hurt. It's good problems to have. Get used to it. The Chiefs are a much different team now than they were 10 years ago. 10 years ago, if you got cut from the Chiefs, most likely your NFL playing days were over. <laughs> You get cut from the Chiefs now. That's so true. I mean, seriously, there's going to be a lot of guys who get cut from the 53 who the Chiefs might want on their practice squad ain't going to make it. There's going to be a lot of guys that get cut from Kansas City that are going to be playing on Sundays. And quite frankly, you have to be happy for them. Uh, All right. We do a thing at the end of every episode on Tuesdays called the must list. We do something that we think you should listen to, should watch should read just anything we think that you guys should enjoy richard get on in here how's it going fellas bam my favorite producer i don't like that you, that you don't have a mustache anymore it, it i'm kind sorry of, you have a smattering of a mustache right now and i wish that you would uh maybe maybe in post i can take this little green tape and we can we can put a mustache on me is that tape because you had a little bit of hair there. That's going to hurt. Yeah, that's it's going to hurt. But, you know, maybe we can do a little post-production work and we could put some a mustache on me after the fact. We'll see about that. All right, Richard, what do you have for us this week? All right. Uh, I was supposed to do four artists, four musical artists. Uh, this was supposed to be my fourth week of doing that. But I'm going to take a break because last night I saw the new uh, horror film by the Racka Racka Twins. I think they're Michael and something, Philippou. Uh, Let Me In. That movie rocked. Uh, it's basically bunch of kids in Australia. They're doing this little game. You hold on to a petrified hand and you say, let me in. Uh, or first you say, talk to me. Right. And then you get to first uh, see the ghost. And then you say, let me in. And you allow the ghost to inhabit your body for like, I think they say 90 seconds. And if you go too far, it takes over. Uh, so you can assume that's probably what happens. Uh, it was it was very violent. It was really creepy. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I definitely like pushed back in my chair uh, for a good one minute sequence there when uh, things were getting really hairy. So yeah, check out Let Me In. Uh, it's uh, it's worth it's worth viewing. Cool. Let me out. That's what I'm yeah. screaming, dude. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Bryson Cruz wants to know: Does it star Eric Andre? It it doesn't, but I know what you're talking about. The Let Me In meme. Yes. Yeah. Right. He's he's one. Of, he's actually one of the ghosts. One of the first ghosts who wants to go into somebody's body. Um, yeah, they're not having that. All right, Connor, what do you got for us? I don't have anything by the Racka Racka Twins. I don't even know what that is. It sounds like something Fozzie Bear would say, like, ah, Racka Racka. Anyway, um, yeah, so the other night I saw um, I saw Manchester Orchestra and uh, Jimmy Eat World in uh, are doing like a co-headlining tour, and holy hell, was that a lot of fun. It was like, I'm a huge Manchester fan. I love them. I just think they're like, one of the tightest rock bands around. They're just, they're incredible. They're incredible live, but I'd forgotten how fun Jimmy Eat World is like, like these old albums that I, like I used to love clarity, bleed American futures. 
Um, and they just played so many, like they played such a great sampling across all the, uh, all the albums. So yeah, it was, it was just, it was a ton of fun. And, and uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. I actually saw Jimmy world a couple of years ago. I've seen him a few times. Uh, they put on a fantastic show, but yeah, bleed American, such so a good. classic album. So good. Yeah. And some of the new stuff was really good. Uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised with some of their new stuff that they had. And this was new a couple of years ago, but yeah, I'm always a huge fan of Jimmy world and Brandon Dickerson. What the are we talking about? Uh, We spent an hour talking about Chris Jones and chiefs. We do a thing at the end of every single Arrowhead addict episode on Tuesdays where we give a must list. Uh, You came in at the very end of this, I'm assuming. So uh, you probably missed all of our chiefs talking. You're probably very lost. Uh, We're now giving a must list. And my must list is if you are a classic rock fan, you're going to be happy. If you're not, you're going to say what the f*** again. And that is the band Rat. Uh, The band Rat, R-A-T-T. Huge fan of the band Rat. Was into their 1990 album, Detonate. That was their fifth fifth album. And maybe it was their last album, actually. Not often do you get your fifth album as like your best one. Normally it's like your early stuff. That album was so well put together. Shame, shame, shame. Love and use a dirty job, but also a little older school rat. I mean, don't, don't laugh. Love and use a dirty job. It's a great song, okay? It's about love. It's a classy song. Very classy. Right. Uh, way cool junior off of some of their older albums. Round and round, obviously. Uh, I'm a Pretty big fan of rap for some reason. Don't know why. So I'm open for Poison one one time, like 10 years ago. It was a great time. <laughs> By the way, Way Cool Jr., I heard that song the other day in like a grocery store or something. And I was like trying to explain to my wife, I'm like, this is Way Cool Jr. And she's like, what the hell are you even talking about? And I'm like, for, you know, anyway, yeah. I'm no, it's a great you. song. Yeah, I, I I I know quite a bit of rat. I know more rat than a man should. Yeah, I was the same way. Oh, Faith No More. I'm seeing some winger. Uh, Kip yeah. Winger. <laughs> Poor Kip Winger, man. Winger will never not be funny. Winger. Yeah. It'll never not be funny. You can't sing about she's only 17 and be anything but the punchline. Yeah. It just, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. happen. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren Shanks and marketing had to be fun with rat and poison. Yeah. It sure was. Yeah. Uh, I want a woman, not a little girl. Yeah. I mean, come on. Not see, a see, little girl. See, see, rat was smart. They did the opposite of Winger. Winger's like, we want 17, and Rat says, we don't want a little girl. We want a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a true, that's a good statement. That's a good yeah, statement. We 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 are all fans of Rat in this place. Uh, this, is the, <laughs> this is the Arrowhead Addict podcast, the Tuesday edition. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back on Thursday. Uh, we'll have some little other folks, not just me and Matt Connor talking about Chris Jones, not just me and Matt Connor talking about Rat and, and Richard talking about some scary movie. We'll be talking Chiefs all throughout this week. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Thank you guys so much for liking this video. Thank you guys so much for all your comments and your interaction this was a lot of fun as we ramp up to the regular season until next time we are out
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.